Hi, and welcome to the Kaufman Connect. I'm your host, Fire Chief Scott Freitag, and with me back this week is Assistant Chief of Operations, John Fedham. Great to be back. I know. You know, it's interesting, John. Should we have a dialogue, just a quick conversation about why when we had firefighter Kayleen Mom on here, our ratings went up by three times? That comes as no surprise. I've been telling you from the very beginning that uh, there's much better people out there to do this than me. I do believe it's there's some clarification that could be provided on how this went down. Okay. Because I noticed I was thrown under the bus a couple of times. Enlighten us. But uh, obviously I've been pushing from the very beginning that uh, there's other better people. And uh, Kayleen came up in the conversation. And uh, when I uh, we talked about it, you said, yep, bring her in. So it wasn't a matter of just going to her. I thought, well, I should probably talk to battalion chief and make sure he's aware as well. Absolutely. So when I approached her battalion chief, Todd Abel, I said, uh, you know, do we can we get Kayleen here at nine o'clock to do the review of the fry tag? And he's absolutely. So that was that was about all it took to to get her here. Right. As we left, I thought, well, maybe I should uh, warn her. But uh, who's going to give her advice on what to do here? Like, am right. I going to be the one telling her, like, <laughs> here's what you do in the review? You. Uh, no, I'm not going to be the one giving the advice. Gotcha. So she did a great job, and uh, I think she would be good to uh, to bring on back. And I think I have some other ideas of folks that uh, we will bring in, and uh, I know viewership is important. So. Uh, I agree. And because Kayleen, quote-unquote, was thrown under the bus, we gave her the opportunity to throw the next guest host under the bus. So Firefighter Leo will be with us uh, sometime after the first of the year. You'll coordinate with his oh, gladly, chief. Gladly, yes. And I, I don't consider it thrown under the bus. Right. I think it's uh, providing opportunities. I like that. Yeah. yeah. We're going to change that. It's no more being thrown under the bus. We are providing opportunities for you to succeed because that's why we exist. Works for me. Yeah, I like it. I'm glad to have you back this week, though, especially because of the topic that we have. Uh, we've tried for two years to get a wage and benefit study. Um, and the first time, the company that we hired was not successful in providing an end product. Does that? No, they weren't. Politically correct? That's good enough. Perfect. So we hired a different company called Siegel, who has a very good reputation for these types of things. And at long last, we finally have the wage and benefits study in our hands, presented to the board, presented to labor management, and presented to the wage and benefit committee. Yep. No, it's been a, a long process, especially considering what we tried to do last year and then couldn't do. And then, uh, like I say, finally Siegel came in and uh, I think put together a good product. And uh, the presentation has been done, and uh, now it's our job to take that product and do something with it. Right. And it, no one's really surprised by uh, the results of it. There are some areas that we were competitive, some areas that we are not as competitive as we should be. And then there were a couple of positions that we weren't even in the ballpark uh, as far as being in the market. Yeah. So we have a lot to work on, and that's a challenge. But I think one of the things that we've done is prior to the end of the wage and benefit uh, discussion, or the wage and benefit study, we had had conversations with the labor management group. We had had conversations with wage and benefit. And there were three key goals that came out of that. And one of those was, hey, we'd like to shoot for the 75th percentile. Why the 75th percentile? Every time we shoot for the 50th, we end up behind in the 30th or 40th the following year. Yeah. Yep. So it gives us some cushion. The other thing was, hey, let's we need to reduce the number of steps in the scale because not many places have a 22-year wage scale. 
Yeah, it was going to be very difficult for someone to start as a firefighter and end as uh, a topped out, uh, whether it's a captain or a battalion chief or even on It just got pushed farther and farther out there. So like you say, this was a conversation, obviously, me being in the position for I'm coming up on, what, six six months and right. more, seven months now. Um, this was a conversation even when I, I first came in looking at that first study on how do we shrink the the scale. And obviously that was brought before the union. The union had discussed looking at, at a minimum, a 15-step scale. And that was me coming into this position. I'm, those were the discussions I kind of started with. Right. And that's where, you know, my entry into this, you know, began. So I think uh, what we've done with this one um, hopefully is even an improvement from that one. Well, and the other goal that we had was – we wanted to go from a two and a half percent merit increase to a three and a half percent merit increase. And if we take just a quick step back into history, the reason that we went from a five percent step increase to two and a half was because of Prop 117, which limits our net assessed valuation. And the conversation at the time with the board was, hey, if once we see how this goes and we give it a period of years, if we feel comfortable going by up to a three and a half percent then we would make that adjustment. So I think the wage scales that Chief Rose put together um, as drafts, let's remind everyone, these are drafts. We're looking for input, but we think the model overall is good because it accomplishes those three goals. We shortened the the scales. We have increased the merit to 3.5%, and we have moved to the 75th percentile. And the plan is to uh, have a wage and benefit study every three years of this similar type and get the information. And so hopefully we don't fall behind in these areas like we've done this time. Yeah. And like you say, the, the plan we put together is a draft plan. Right. Um, the information has been sent out there. Um, like you say, Cody, Chief Rose did a great job putting that information together right. very quickly following that study because, you know, there's a lot of information that came out of it. Um, this is just simply the wage part of it. Um, there's other benefits that we need to continue to evaluate. And even what um, we've done with uh, the goals that you kind of mentioned, that's just began the, the platform or discussion. And so right. that discussion is with the union and letting them kind of mull through it and uh, continuing to re- refine that information. And uh, some of that is just, you know, like you say, bringing that information to the board, kind of give them the overall sure. goals that we're still working towards and uh, that we're still trying to refine even with that plan. So there's still a lot of work to do, sure. but what we have created is the platform for that discussion. And I think that's uh, our obligation. I know we've talked about it. Right. Uh, you put it in the review. It's uh, not just uh, you know taking and using that study properly, but it's also our obligation to pay, you know, try to look for what is fair and equitable for all employees. Right. And uh, everybody's going to have maybe a different view on that. Absolutely. But uh, I certainly believe that um, you know we're trying to do the best we can with that study, with the limitations that we have with the funding, to take that next step. Right. Well, and one of our let, – let me remind people of this first. We mentioned that we did present this model to the board, and that's because we had to present something based on the wage study because the first question after the wage study is, well, what is your plan? Well, here is a model – that we can work with as a draft to yeah. build off of. So don't misinterpret the fact that we talk to the board about this model as this is the model. Yep. This is the draft. We think it it meets the three goals that were set by Labor Management and Wage and Benefit Committee. And I think we have a, a couple of other goals that really we should mention here. And one is we want to make sure we have a com- fair and competitive wage and benefit package for all employees. 
and the organization across the board. And the second one is, and we've talked about this before, there's a lot of turnover in the Arizona Fire Service in the next five to 10 years, but especially in the next five years. Yeah. You're looking at Scottsdale Fire Department losing about 50% of their employees in the next four and a half to five years. That's a big number. We are, especially now that there are no residency requirements anywhere in the state because yeah. we can't have them, we are competing with Valley Area Departments for talent. And we don't want to just recruit. We need to retain people because when you become a, a training ground, that gets expensive. Yeah. Well, and not just that. We we want to be a a quality organization, and I think we do a great job in the recruitment uh, of, of the personnel that are here in right. all, like you say, all divisions. Uh, we work very hard on the training aspect of it. And uh, our organization, being a service organization, is built on – the employees and by the employees right. and the quality of that, the quality of service, the the culture that we have as an organization is built on uh, the personnel. And right. I think, like you say, we want to be able to recruit and retain good people as we have done in the past. Right. So there are some common questions that we've received. Uh, and I think one of the most basic questions is, hey, some of these scales are seven steps. Some are eight, yep. 10, and some are 13. Why is that? Well, the reason is when you look at the 75th percentile to start, that's this number for whatever position that is, that's step one. And then you look at the 75th percentile as that top number. And then at three and a half percent per step, that wage scale is now this long. So for example, an engineer's wage scale is seven steps under this model, whereas a firefighter's wage scale is 10. And that's based off of 75% to start, 75% to end, and 3.5% in the middle. So we're working on, as we implement this, fair, not necessarily equal for everybody. So if this person needs X dollars to get into the 75th percentile and this person needs this X dollars or Y dollars, then, hey, it's fair. You're both getting in the 75th percentile, but the numbers are different. The other side of this is we can't set up 10-step wage scales and say, well, you're going to be at the 75th and 75th, but you're going to be at the 75th and the 105th. It's the 75th percentile. I think the other thing to point out is we didn't decrease the top scale. So when we shortened the scales, we took longevity, we put it all together and just created three and a half percent steps. Uh, at, at the end of that, if that top scale was already above the 75th percentile, we didn't cut it. But if it wasn't, then we brought it up to the 75th percentile. No, I think Cody did a good job in highlighting that in the, the scales that he put together and in the presentation that he uh, that he made. So um, uh, some of the other questions we've heard, I think one of the big ones, and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it, is compression. Yeah. And when you shorten a scale from 22 steps to somewhere between 7 and 13 steps, by definition, you've compressed. That, sure. That's part of it. Now – how do we address the compression? Well, that's a question that we still have to have or uh, a conversation, a dialogue we have to have with the union and the wage and benefit committee. And some of those compression concerns are alleviated if we have to do a two-year implementation plan uh, because we may not just have the revenue coming in in year one to implement the plan. Uh, and so that would solve part of it. If we have the money to do the plan, to implement the plan in the first year, then we have to look at, well, what 
what were we trying to get to in the beginning? And one of the things that the union had pointed out and we agreed with them on was, hey, look, we have a lot of new employees that are starting here um, and they're starting at a fairly low wage and they have to struggle to make ends meet uh, because we live in an expensive area. Sure. So do we make them wait two years to get where they need to be when we could implement it in one year? And I, I think the answer to that is no. But that's still a, a conversation that we have to have. Um, I understand compression is real. Compression uh, creates some responses from some folks. Yep. Um, but we have to look at the overarching what's best for the organization and everybody that's in it. Yeah, and I think the you know, the part to highlight, like I say, the, there's going to be compression. Um, we understand what's going on. Um, it's not, uh, ideal obviously. Right. And we understand that there are limitations that we are looking at just based on, like you say, um, support. That's not just from right. the, the labor side, but that is also from the board side in terms of, uh, the funds that we have available to us, what is uh, palatable, um, on all aspects of this. And so we'll continue to do that work, work with that and work with the, the union to figure out, uh, what uh, what other steps can we take? Right. And uh, so funding will, will dictate a lot of that, and that will dictate the implementation of this. And uh, nothing's finalized until this hits uh, your check. So there's a, a lot to be overcome still with all aspects of this. And uh, there's a lot of other answers that uh, obviously we don't have quite yet as we look at how do you roll this out. So right. I'd ask as, as people work through this, ask questions. Um, seek to find the answers from the people that uh, maybe you'll have to give you the answers and uh, communicate with us as we move along this path because it's uh, it's not done, it's not final, and uh, we'll continue to work with uh, labor to sure. uh, to roll this out. Well, I think one of the other questions people have, and, and I don't know if you've had to answer this for anyone yet, but uh, it regards the sub-steps sure. for those people who aren't within the wage scale. So when we, we can comp- compress the wage scale, we move to the 75th percentile, we have some newer employees that just aren't on the scale. Some are as many as four sub-steps below the scale. Some are as many as eight. Yeah. Yep. So I think that, uh, like I say, how that how we work through that, um, really we had to figure out a way to put somebody on a scale that is that that part of it wasn't on there. And that's where the sub-scale, subscale step came in. And uh, how folks move through that sub subscale will depend on the funding and the op- options that we have. So right. There's still a lot to be uh, determined there. So one of the things that, that we've looked at, if it's a two-year implementation, let's say you have four sub-steps for a new firefighter and we have a brand new firefighter, um, they get two steps in the first year, sub-steps, uh, but would not be eligible for a merit increase that year. Uh, the other employees who are within the scale who are moving, we'd move them to the closest step. They can't lose money. They have to move to the next closest step. And then they are eligible for their merit increase yeah. that year. And uh, even if we implement it in one year, there's going to be some fashion of that that occurs yeah. uh, in, in year one of the plan. Uh, but until we know what our net assessed valuation numbers are, until we know what our retirement numbers are, our insurance numbers, and we're talking workers' compensation, property and casualty, health care, all of those numbers come into play. So it's not just a simple, well, we need this much money to do this, so sure. here it is. Yep. Um, there are a lot of other things that we need to do. On the PIR front, so uh, program improvement requests. We're going to make that very easy this year because our focus is on the wage and, yes. and benefit study. So uh, for our folks, if you plan on putting in a PIR this year, 
um, you can go ahead and write no across it yourself, or you can wait for us to do it <laughs> and return it. But we are really weighing need versus want. Yeah. And it has to be an absolute need before we'd approve it this year because our focus has to be, and we promised it would be, yep. on, on working on some of the wages. I know um, our fire inspector positions, for example, we deal in percentiles. We said we'd like to be near the 75th percentile or at the 75th percentile. Our fire inspector positions came in at uh, zero across the board, zero <laughs> percentile. So we are way out of market. That's a That's a position that's hard to hire for. And very competitive right now. And what we don't want to do is lose good employees, yeah. uh, as we talked about earlier. So I think the bottom line with this is we are working with labor management together. We are working with the Wage and Benefit Committee. We are working with the board of directors yep. to decide what's best. That will be dictated by the revenues generated this year through the, the net assessed valuation increases, what we see. Um, but overall, I, I think we have a solid plan and a solid foundation to build from. Yes. I think they like say solid foundation to kind of uh, move forward with. So um, I think that's really all we need to get into on, on the wage and benefit study at this point. I think Siegel did a good job. Um, uh, you know, for those who may question it, yes, we are compared to some Valley agencies, agencies throughout the state state. Uh, but the consultant did go through and adjust for cost of living in those areas. So what we're comparing isn't apples to apples. Uh, and I think it's important to point out, we're not just looking at the wage side of things. We know family medical health care, we were a bit out of the market on that and some other areas. So there's more to look at than just the wage side. And we are looking at those things. Yeah. So uh, a couple of articles that we added this week, there was a great uh, story out of Firehouse Magazine. It's called The Dyslectic Legend Who Failed Probation by uh, Dr. Burton Clark. Do you know Dr. Clark at all from National Fire Academy? Not. No. So he was a staple at the National Fire Academy for years. His career with was, was with Washington, D.C. Fire, severely dyslectic. And his writing was horrendous. Uh, and he tell you, you couldn't read anything he wrote on the board. But a great instructor, a great human being, was recently inducted into a, uh, a Hall of Flame uh, at the national level. And he wrote a really good story on kind of his life and overcoming dyslexia and the time he failed his probation exam uh, in 1973 at the Washington, D.C. Fire Department and what his lieutenant did to help him out sure. that night. So very cool. Um, the other article, you may be surprised by this one, John, that I would put something like this in here when we're talking about wages and benefits. Does money really affect motivation? A review of the research. It didn't surprise me much at all. No, 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 because I tend to do things like that. I'm not sending a subtle message. I th just think it's important that we look at the intrinsic and extrinsic motivations that that people have, and that we we consider this as our conversation uh, moves forward. Absolutely, and I think part of that, like you say, we talked about it earlier. <clears throat> Uh, our, our organization and the quality, I think, that uh, organization that we have is not just built on our wages. Obviously, right. we, we want to be fair. We want uh, to have uh, quality uh, wages and benefits. Um, but the the culture is built on the individuals themselves. Right. And uh, I think that's something we, we're proud of, and that's something we want to maintain. Uh, absolutely. And we want people to have fun when they come into work. Yes. We want people to enjoy being here. And it's not just because we, we give you a paycheck. It's because... It's a good, healthy place to work Correct. that has a good culture, has camaraderie, yep. has collaborative efforts, 
um, a place where you feel that you have a, a, a voice and a way to to voice your either concerns or appreciation or ideas and get those out so that we can share with others. So um, I, I think there's more to working for CAFMA than just the money. I think there, that's a component of it. But we try to create an environment where people enjoy coming into work. Yes. We're not going to hit it 100%. Nobody gets 100%. But I think overall uh, – the feedback I get anyways uh, when I'm out at the stations or in different places is that overall people are pretty happy to be here, but we also know we're going to be losing a lot of folks in the next five years, a lot of cultural change, dynamic changes. So we have to be in a position to compete, recruit and retain uh, top talent. So uh, with that, we're going to conclude this week's episode. Next week, we are going into Christmas, so we will have a Christmas episode. Uh, we're going to dress John up potentially like an elf. No. It's going to be awesome. Uh, he's going to look great as an elf. I look forward to this. Yeah, I'll no, wear a Santa hat. Horrible. I uh, nope, no, no. We'll bring in decorations. It's going to be very festive. Yes. So between now and then, stay tuned. Remain thankful uh, and be happy to be here. <laughs>